Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So Big Josh Boy, I, I have a, I, I've got some qualms with people mm. around the world and the way that I would say like cats are represented in just you know media in general did you ever watch like i think it's called like cats and dogs or cats versus dogs it's like that it was the it was like really, i want to say an early 2000s like kids movie they were about like spies. secret agents yeah yeah, yeah yeah did you ever watch was, that one yeah i've watched them they were not good Oh, definitely not good. But I, I, of course, I was a fucking dumbass kid. So I was like, yeah, yeah this yeah, beagle course. is a secret agent. It's sweet. And they but, hated cats. They were evil. Yeah, but here's the thing. Now I think about it and I'm like, dude, why is like all of Western media gaslighting us into thinking cats are these maniacal beings? They're like, oh, cats, like every person I talk to is like, I like dogs versus cats because cats don't care about you. They'll eat your eyeballs if they're hungry, whatever. And I'm like, one, let's be honest. If your dog's starving, he's going to eat your face. Like, if you if you fucking die, he's going to eat you. It's true. A like, woman was eaten by uh, dachshunds the other day I saw on the news. Yeah, so it's like, like, ah, fuck you. Like, argument makes no sense. And two, people act like cats are at all smarter than dogs. They fucking aren't. They're stupid. They little dumbasses. You talking about so, dogs or cats? Both. They're all. Bo- yeah, I was. I was gonna say both are. Like, <laughs> that, that's what I meant. Like everybody acts like dogs are like these cute, lovable dummies that they're just like. It, 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 people really love that, but they're like cats are. They 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 hate you, and they're so smart. They they plan, and they 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 have these machinations. And I'm like, they fucking don't. They literally they lay in the sun. They eat. And they fuck your shit up. They do the exact same things dogs do. Like, get over it. Very similar to children. Exactly. This is all sparked from something that happened to me last night. So I get up in the middle of the night to go pee. And of course, I initially woke up because our two cats, like our, our old cat, Dan, before he passed away, like he and my cat, Nat, would like, they would fight a little bit, but Dan was like bigger and he'd just be like, ah, bah! and just whip Nat's ass and it would be done. It would just mm. be done. But now we have this new cat, Burley, who's also young and they just fight incessantly as like, it's like they're wrestling though. They're not trying to eat each other, but they're so fucking loud that every morning on the weekends or anytime I get a chance to sleep in, these little dumbasses are sitting there like going at it. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. So I'm like, try to separate them. So I just end up like opening the door. But last night I woke up because they were doing that. It was probably like, I want to say like, probably like four o'clock in the morning. Ooh, sounds fun. Yeah, they're like fighting. I was like, motherfucker, like shut up. So I get up and I was like, I got to go pee. And I left the door open for the bathroom. I normally don't. That's my mistake right there. I normally close that door because I've learned with my cat, Nat, that little dumbass tries to hop right in my piss all the time. And I'm like, get out of here. What are you doing? Like, in what world is that a good idea? But this last night, I was like, I'm going to leave the door open. Burley hasn't done it. Like, he's not going to do it. It's not a bit. I was fucking so wrong. 
insanely wrong. I go to pee and here's the thing. Luckily, I was awake enough to notice what he was doing because he like comes in next to me and he's like rubbing up on my leg and I'm peeing and I see him like there's that thing that cats do where they shift all their weight to their back legs and they look like they're about to hop up. The second he hopped up, I almost pissed on myself and I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I was like oh batting him goodness. away and he kept trying to jump in my piss. So everyone who thinks like, oh, cats like, are so much smarter that they're all just, they're plotting it. They're not. They're trying to hop in dude, your piss. That's what they're dude. trying to do. I mean, I think what we've established is all cats have kinks for golden showers. I think nothing, so. I don't know if it's that they're dumb. I think they're just uh, real hot for the uh, the yellow liquids. Maybe that, or I got two dumbass cats right here. Like the young cats are just stupid, and old cats have already had it because mm. Dan never did it. Dan was never like pee on me, daddy. Instead, it was just like he was chill. He wouldn't even come into the bathroom with me, which I appreciated. But these two little cats, they're all like, "Let's fucking go, big boy. Piss on me." And I'm like, no, get out of my life, bro. So I was like, I literally had to bat him away like three times. And I was like, I swear to God, if I piss on myself right now, I'm going to be livid. And then I opened up the door and they like, they fucking left me alone. So that was all I can think of is thank goodness we're not that popular because if we were good God, (laughs) the clips that would have came from that one moment that you just said about piss on me. If anything, I think we need to be big because of that. You know what I, I mean? D- like, let's fucking go, dude. <laughs> Everybody wants a clippable show. Piss on me, daddy. Like, let's fucking go. Mm, I'm no, thank you. No, thank easy. you. Hello and welcome to IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we bring you two awesome indie game news stories before, of course, we hop in to news cram. God bless the crowd. Your listener questions, and that's it. We don't do that's anything it. more. That's we, all. Uh, we, we, I, I don't even think we talk about indie games anymore. Not this is really, just like no. indie pod, purely about peeing on felines or just different animals in general. Like mm. now, it is just an experimentation podcast to find out what animals specifically enjoy golden showers. Yep. On this episode, it's kitties. Next week, it's good. I, I don't know. I'll have to find a dog. I don't have a dog. So maybe I'll like go over to I my have, parents' house. I'll pee on their dog. See what's up. I, ha- I have a dog. Not once has it tried to get in my piss. Really? So, okay. Debunked. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's we already got episode busters two. right here. Yeah, We're dude. the piss, piss busters, busters, dude. dude. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> It's the best. Uh, but before we get into any of that, you know, before we get into the I piss busting, we're done with I would like to introduce myself, Vaughn Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing today, big Josh Boy? I'm doing well. Uh, once again, starting off with a story that makes me embarrassed if anyone from my job starts listening to the show. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... I think it's interesting that you feel embarrassed when I was the one who said it. Whereas if anyone from my job listened to this show, I'd be like, thank you for your patronage. I appreciate your time. That's nice of you. Like my boss could listen to this shit and I'd be like, yeah, dude, my cast is always trying to get pissed on. I don't get it. Like, I guess, I guess, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a weird world. And just constantly berated by very strange statements that come through your mouth and i just and i just gotta sit here and be like all right this is what we're talking about today 
I am legitimately surprised that you just go with it most of the time. You just I like, mean, that's that's the we'll just like, see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, what am I gonna? Why am I gonna fight it? Right? I might as well. This wouldn't be a good show. Like, I wouldn't be able to make it almost two hours every week if I was like, let's shut that shit down right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Before we get into any of the indie games or anything we've been playing, first got to go through housekeeping. Of course, please check out our new developer interview going live this Wednesday. That is Wednesday, the 10th of November. Big Josh Boy sits down with Robert from Flyaway. They're talking about mm-hmm. the game Triple Take. I don't know Robert's last name. I like tried to find it and I couldn't. So it's couldn't just Robert it from Flyaway. It's just Robert. Yeah, there you go. Bro, it's just Robert. It's like... Just John, bro. It's just, just fucking John. Robert. Just Robert. I've been finding a lot of people who have kind of been, I guess they just do it because they don't want to give out like their real name, but you'll have people who have like these pseudo names, but they'll somewhere will be their first name and they're like, that's all you get. And I like, I don't want to be like, every time I introduce myself and start this, be like, uh, can I have your full name? Can I have your date of birth? Can I have your license? Like, I'm not <laughs> yeah, trying to get social their, security number. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not trying to get their full information. I'll be like, how do you want me to address you in the episode? And they're like, Robert. And I'll be like, Robert, oh, okay. That's what Nobody's you get. just like, like, I want to be called Big Dick 77. And you're just like, I mean, like if uh, that's, that's pretty long. Can I just call you BD you or get something it? like get that? It? Like, that was good. That was a good, <laughs> good joke you did right there. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, then you can head over to the Indie Pod store over on Teespring. We've got hoodies, we've got t-shirts, we've got stickers. Head over there, pick them up. They're pretty cool. We got yeah. people buying them. I have yet to see if they've gotten them yet. I think that Zach said that his was on the way. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how it turned out. I have yet to buy a sample, but I am planning on one. I think I'm gonna so get I, I wanna get mine in the light pink. I gotta be honest. I'm I, sure you will. I wanna get mine I, in the purple. So Oh, see, I feel like I I wanted to give a large slew of colors, but admittedly, there are ones that are better suited for the logo. Like, I think like the white, the black, the blue, like things that aren't going to clash with the actual colors of it. Pink and purple are a little bit harder just because they're literally within the thing. So I hope they turn out good. Um, I'm really excited for it, but head over to the our teespring store pick up some cool merch show people that you uh li- like the fucking piss busters you know what i mean this fucking n- new merch idea right there that's the, let's, yeah, that's uh, the let's next go, one dude <laughs> head over to youtube and subscribe to just indie pod super easy to find we post these video episodes each and every fridays of course with the plebs you know you, you get it as the uh, like a viewing audience does as well or the the audio audience does as well For sure Leave us reviews on any site in which you could do so. Specifically, iTunes helps us out a bunch. To do it, if you have Windows devices, just download the iTunes app, log in, super easy. Like, I, yeah, I I haven't had any problems. I know the Apple Music thing, I don't believe it works. Um, if I remember, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but it's um, a lot easier if you just download the iTunes app from like the Windows Store or something. Super sweet. And lastly... <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much to all of our amazing. I've lasted this long. I've, I know. You know. Well, eleven minutes in, I hadn't flubbed. Yeah. Well, it's about time. I mean, it it wouldn't be IndiePod, right? True. We True. gotta we gotta screw a few things up along the way. 
That's that's fair. There's a few things we're known for, and that's absolutely one of them. The other ones, we're just not going to talk about that right now. Uh, and thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the $3 here or higher. If you give us any amount of money or any amount of your time, we absolutely appreciate you. But, of course, made that blood pact, made that blood oath, you know, so much old to the devil, all the fun stuff. And gotta say thank you to all the $3 tiers and higher. So thank you so much to Ethan, a gamer for fun. John, it's just John, dude. Just John. We'll see. Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Branch, the Wombat Emperor of Australia, Josh Nichols, aka Active Josh, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much. You're all so amazing. And we're going to be talking about what we've been playing in just a second. I do have to say, Josh, I know you're doing some interesting stuff. Not you, Josh, Active Josh. I know oh, you, yeah. uh, I wanted you, to you talk announced about on. This. Yeah, I was going to say, you announced on Twitter that you uh, were transitioning. I know that that comes with a, like, uh, often enough, people do refer to themselves in a different way. So if you would like to uh, us to refer to you differently on your Patreon, just let me know uh, or change it on Patreon. Easy ch- easy fix, easy change. Yeah, their so new name, just want to let you know. From what I've seen, their new name is Juno now. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Well, there you go. Yeah, if you change that on Patreon or just let me know if that's how you would like us to refer to you, absolutely can change that. Easy fix. And that goes for anybody. If you would like to be known as something different on Patreon or the way we refer to you in our shows or in anything, just let me know. And that is something that we will try our best to fix. Of course, it it takes a little bit just to get it in the rhythm i still yeah. almost say some of our patrons that no longer are there anymore it's <laughs> yep. just because i get it in there and it just becomes a process but we will absolutely try to change it for you but big josh boy you have been playing the forgotten city by modern storyteller so how are you liking it how are you feeling is it a good game you're like this is the best game ever i mean as inscription uh, you said it's your indie so, game of the year so far so yeah yeah so uh you know when we talked uh, a little bit ago um uh, uh especially for like indie game of the year we were like ah, i'm not feeling a lot of games it really hasn't been like much coming out that i've played that's like up there uh and i'm getting back to back like home runs here all right nice. the forgotten city is good um i heard a lot of good things from people from the GameSpot community i heard from jacob deck uh, Decker, who's no longer part of GameSpot, but, you know, was I, I heard it on. Uh, I think he talked about it on his podcast uh, with Matt Pageant. Uh, yeah, Nuclear Fridge. Nuclear Fridge. Yeah. I, I can't remember if he talked about it there or maybe he went to he was on the GameSpot one before he left. Uh, I don't know. He works for Obsidian now. So, yeah, yeah. I, I doubt he did it on any of their stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But regardless, um, I, I've heard a lot of good things about this. And what Forgotten City is, it's a Skyrim mod originally that people had created. Yep, it's a very elaborate one where they used, you know, the models and, and things from Skyrim, but they ended up doing their own story, their own voice work, uh, a lot of just uh, same foundation, but creating a full game out of, you know, the, the tools that are available to them. And so what they did was, you know, originally it was this mod that was there forever, and then they just created a full expansive version on their own. And uh, if you if you play it and you kind of watch the characters and you see the I way that see they the interact, shit. you can see that it is Skyrim. <laughs> it does the same thing where you like talk to someone and it'll do that thing where they kind of like turn around to you and then it pans into them like the camera. And then they're like, all right, I'll talk to you now. 
and it's it's very similar in a lot of those Skyrim aspects. Uh, you know, the there's a little bit of a clunkiness to the way you kind of move in general, which is very Skyrim esque. Yeah, and the city itself looks vaguely like something like Markarth or Solitude in Skyrim. So it, it I could definitely see it. Yeah, it plays into a lot of the same, like very similar looking assets. Um, but the difference is it's not very combat focused. It's more of a story driven. You're solving a puzzle uh, throughout this by exploring and, and doing tasks and, and talking to people. And the main premise of this is you start the game not understanding where you are. Someone wakes you up and is like, hey, uh, I, I just found you here. I tried to see if you had a cell phone. You didn't have anything other than a few coins on your person like um, or identification. Like, who are you? And so you you introduce yourself. It does that thing where you get to pick. Are you a man? Are you a woman? Are you, you know, a little bit of your backstory? Not really like what you look like, but just a few things. Yeah. And they go, hey, um, one of my friends is is in this like this temple or something like went farther away. And like, uh, can you go uh, find them? They've been gone for a while. They told me not to go inside and, and to wait out here before blah, blah, blah. So can you please help me and go look for them? And so you're like, OK, sure, whatever. And so you go into this one room. It's like this temple and ancient ruins. And you end up just falling through a trap door. <laughs> and you're like, what the heck? Wow, where am I? And you're stuck in this this city uh, where everyone lives by what's known as the golden rule, which is if one person commits a sin, everyone is punished for it. So, uh, yeah. So if someone steals Jesus. something, everybody must die. Um, they're all turned into golden statues. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's how it works. Uh, and it And you go through trying to figure out how to break the golden rule and to save these these individuals because you can there's a civilization that's here that you're meeting and you're talking with but then there's all these golden statues scattered throughout the world and you're like what is happening and you slowly uncover more and more to this area that you're in uh why you're here in the first place what these golden statues are and come to terms with the fact that they're other civilizations who did not uh, abide by the golden rule and were turned into those statues. Um, and you were just trying to break this time loop where someone has, uh, there's a character in there who understands what's happening uh, and has a way to reverse it and kind of bring themselves back through the through uh, that specific day that you keep falling into. And so you're talking to that person and they're like, hey, I have a way to reset the day. It'll keep starting, but you have to help me break the golden rule. And so there's a lot that goes into this. I won't go into to too much more because it's obviously very spoiler heavy and this is a story. I think it's worth uh, going through kind of blind. Like I, I would say that that's the way to play this um, because a lot of it is really just trying different things, talking to people in different ways. It's really cool because you you do things and you get pieces of equipment or or money or you know different kinds of uh, assets that you can use throughout the world and you then keep it. So what happens is you'll you'll solve something and then you'll keep that item and you'll be able to go up to they even have one person who at the start of it 
will always introduce himself to it. But the game is very aware of itself where you'll talk to the person and you can be like, hey, I've already had this conversation with you. Like, don't waste my time, basically. And he'll be like, oh, okay." And he's like totally chill with it. He's like, "Okay, cool. And then when you come to him after you've solved like a a quest, like you've you've cured the sickness of some person. Now, instead of having to go through the whole thing every time the day resets, you just walk up to him at the start and you're like, hey, don't fucking talk to me. Just go do this. And you give him like a list of tasks. And he's like, okay. And he runs <laughs> off and then he'll come back later and be like, how did you know? And it's, it's, it plays into the story as well, because you have to do something with making all the, the, you know, people in that city like him. Uh, but the, the game just does a really good job of not making you have to suffer through doing the same repetition, even though you are stuck in a time loop. Uh, which is good for that aspect of just not being boring. But I, I think it was really cool. I had a lot of fun with it. I found uh, two of the four endings, uh, one of those being the main, like the canon ending, they call it, which is like the, yeah, you did it kind of ending. Um, but I I would recommend it. It's not a crazy long endeavor. It's on Game Pass. Like, it's pretty fun. If you like narrative, you know, driven type games, if you like uh more or less in investigative like solving the mystery type games like this is a pretty good one to check out yeah i'd say that's typically the adventure game formula like the narrative adventure game is just like there's a mystery solve it mostly just because that's like the easiest way to make something without having this like lingering loss of combat where it's like it's you got to keep people going somehow and mysteries is probably the easiest way to do so yeah and there's interesting ways where like they they have an ending where you i believe you don't have to do one specific thing they have an ending where you don't have to do anything crazy with combat but there is a somewhat combat in it where you'll get eventually a bow that you can use to stop these like weird skeleton creatures that are attacking you but it's so minimal because it's like hit the creature twice and then they turn into stone and it's like it repeats a lot um that was probably one of the pieces where i was like i honestly could have used them not putting in this strange combat aspect in it because it like it didn't really add value to it other than being like it added an enemy that you were like, I don't know what's going on and why this thing is chasing me. And then eventually later you're like, oh, now I can kill it or, you know, get rid of it. Um, but it, it was OK. I, I think the the story to it is more the like, yeah, this is why this game is good, right? Yeah, the the more I've heard you like get into it, the more I've realized I've heard a lot of people talk about this game over the past yes. couple of weeks. Yeah, especially because like uh, I feel like a lot of people got into the headspace of like a narrative adventure game that's surrounded around a time loop with 12 minutes. And now they're all moving to like the Forgotten City, which is obviously a very different dynamic. But with those same like lingering threads, I yeah. think this looks really good. Honestly, like I see the little bits of Skyrim that you're talking about about but the character models look so much better the environment yes, looks yes. so much better like it's actually kind of insane i'm like i fucking wish skyrim looked like this honestly yeah, yeah no it's 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 really good and the forgotten city it's it's coming back into resurgence because it just came out on game pass like that's why i picked yeah. it, picked it up um but it came out around the same time as 12 minutes or like uh, i think officially like 1.0'd around that same yeah, time yeah it was on uh, july 28th is what it says. Yeah. So uh, if you like, if I had to to put them up against each other, like the Forgotten City just demolishes Twelve Minutes. Like Ooh. I think it's I think it's so much better. It's 
interesting what 12 minutes did by keeping you contained in this box, literally, of you're just stuck in this house. Um, but the Forgotten City from a story perspective is so much better. And uh, the ending feels a lot better than the ending of 12 minutes. Well, there you go. The Forgotten City seems really cool. Once again, it's by Modern Storyteller. Uh, for me, games I've been playing this week, normally I would talk about Moonlighter first because I've talked about it so much in the past, but instead... I'm going to talk about Recompile. So this is a game that I was actually really interested in ever since I believe I first saw the trailer, maybe on like the ID at Xbox showcase or, or one of the Nintendo directs. I, I honestly can't remember, but it is a third person shooter slash Metroidvania in like within this, I, I want to say like this computerized sim or simulation where you play a program that is meant to literally or like recompile all of this like broken and shattered architecture within these within these programs it's really weird um it's by fee games or phi games i'm not 100% sure it's phi games um it's odd and i was really into it initially for how like I, I really liked its visuals. I, I really like the idea of like you being this polygonal, just like bare creature that's just its sole focus is to fix everything within this program. You have this person, Jonas, constantly talking to you, and it turns out that they're your creator, and they seem to be trying to fix this system that went down because of this AI that was controlling it. It's all very weird and as you go through, there are these, I I want to say like text logs, basically. Uh, they're just like data logs that you can go through and grab. And then it gives you a little bit of story of seemingly what happened beforehand, uh, mm -hmm. where it is like, it'll be like, John said this, Dale said just John? this. And yeah, dude, just John, dude. Just John? There you go. Wow. Um, they basically just go down and they just have a conversation. It seems to be trying to give you a little bit of context as to what happened with this. And it seemed like it got me initially intrigued, but I hate, I legitimately despise the gameplay. Like Ooh. I am not a fan. It's like when they said Metroidvania, I was into it. Third person shooting. Like I'm into that as well. I really enjoy Gears of War. I love the division. I love Uncharted. Like let's fucking go. Third person shooting is my deal, but Recompile does not do it well mm. because it's trying to lean into this. Like I feel like just third person shooting and Metroidvania aspects don't go together really, really well. Um, I, I think there are people who can do it, but they are kind of like opposing ideas. Recompile, like it starts you off with nothing. You can't jump. You can't roll. You have literally no combat ability. You can't do anything. You slowly gain those abilities through upgrading your programming, which I think is a really cool idea. I yeah. think the, the Metroidvania aspect of like that makes so much sense where... It's like in Jedi Fallen Order, which has Metroidvania elements. It didn't make any sense that Cal Kestis, for some reason, forgot how to run up a wall. Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but in this, it's like, okay, you're literally just a barefaced program. You know, literally, you, you know nothing. And then you learn to jump because you get updated. Then you learn how to like delete, which is your first weapon. Um, and you get more and more weapons that are basically just variations on that. So there's like... Uh, like delete eradicate I, or overload i can't remember their their name specifically i know delete is one of them but it's like a 
one is a slightly more powerful machine gun for the most part. Another is a faster machine gun, but lesser damage. And then one is like a shotgun, but it has less, uh, it has less range. So it's, it's very typical, uh, mm-hmm. weapons that you get, but they're just like Metroidvania abilities where you unlock them. You don't just find them. That's yeah. It's really not a first person shooter. My really big yeah. issue here is one, how weirdly easy it is to just fall. Like there, there is not a lot of, there's a lot of like, I don't want to say shifting platforms, but a lot of gaps between platforms uh, that are meant to be this kind of like jump puzzle scenario, but you only have a jump. You don't have a role for a really long time. And your jump is, I, I want to say that it's just, it doesn't give you all that much variation. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, if you hold the A button, you can jump a little bit higher. Instead, it's just like, if you miss, you miss, you're fucking dead. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You fall, you come back, you have 10% less health, whatever, you try it again. I'm not a big fan of that, especially because the camera angles at times can completely like shadow out sections where you didn't know that there was just nothing. So it's like, I'll be walking up to a platform, I'll jump, and I'm like, okay, about to hit this platform. Nope, fucking dead. And I'm like, what? <laughs> is that? How is that even there? I didn't even see it. Like, what? And then once I finally got my weapons, I realized that, like, enemy AI is not very well suited for the way that this game plays, especially flying enemies. So the ones that are stationary just on the ground, they'll walk around and they'll try to get you. You can kind of like try to find cover around things, but they will literally just shoot at you relentlessly. The, uh-huh. the, it doesn't, it's not like, a, oh, you have a reload. Oh, they have like an overheat or anything like that. They'll chase you to the ends of the fucking earth and shoot at you the entire time. And it especially makes it suck when they fly because there's no place to hide. You just have to try to kill them before they kill you, which then it makes up for that. Uh, it makes up for this kind of like weird combat aspect with the fact that like every enemy that you kill, you get some health from them. So it's very easy to get health back, but it's just so annoying trying to face off against literally like just, if there's more than one flying enemy, I'm done. I'm dead because they just come at me from all sides and I'm dead. Like there's no way that I can really kill them. I just felt like the combat wasn't very well thought out. But the idea of recompile I thought was really interesting and I really like the visuals. Maybe I'll come back to it. Um, maybe this will be one of those games like Caesar talks about in that question where it's like a game that you hated yeah, that yeah, you came yeah. back to and really liked. But currently, I'm I'm not really enjoying it. Um, I died at the same place. Uh, like I, I died in the same place like four or five times because multiple flying enemies came after me. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm fucking done. Like I literally just, I went and I uninstalled the program. I was like, I'm not playing this game anymore. Nice. It Hot is on damn. Game Pass though. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. that's like one of the aspects that makes it a little bit better is that I didn't spend any money on this game. Um, if you like the idea of this, but you don't 100% know, check it out on Game Pass. Um, I believe it's on console as well, but for sure on Game Pass PC, it's interesting. I'm not <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say that it's bad. I don't want to say that I enjoyed it. Um, I like certain aspects of it, but. There are definitely some detriments, but yeah, hey, check it shame. out if it seems interesting to you. That's a shame because it looks super cool. Like I like the yeah. idea of it and watching the trailer. I like when you seem to have all your abilities. Like it looked like you had three jumps at one point in the trailer and you're able to like 
hyper dash into someone and then you get yeah i got the dash looking thing like there's some cool uh, setup for i guess once you get all those abilities but yeah that is kind of it's it's a weird concept of being like if you want to be metroidvania you need to give the player at least some agency to start with because yeah otherwise you feel awful playing it and then at the end of the game you're like now i'm too powerful right yeah, there Possibly. is like a, a really like a fine line for power scaling in in Metroidvanias. I mean, it is th this give you new abilities like that. You're getting one probably. I played for like, see, this is another thing. I've only played for like maybe two and a half, three hours, something like mm -hmm. that. Didn't yeah. play it a whole lot, but the combat, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, right. It also doesn't help that like I was seriously like, how am I supposed to not get hit by enemies? How am I supposed to dodge their shots? I don't understand. Because when you like, you can't jump in the air and immediately pull out your gun and start shooting. Instead, when you jump in the air, by the time you get your gun out, you're hitting the floor. It takes that long to pull your gun out. And like, it takes a similar amount of time to stow your gun. So it's not like you can shoot a little bit. By the time they start shooting, you get out of the way. Once again, they continuously shoot. Unless they have a charge shot, they literally are just like, I came against this one enemy that had a shotgun-esque blast that was like almost a flamethrower. And they literally just sat there and they were like, bah, 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 until I eventually killed them. And I was like, what the fuck? But guess what? My guns overload <clears throat> if I shoot them too much, but apparently enemies do not. And it could be that I just didn't play enough to really see that aspect of it, but I just... Really, I, I was unimpressed. I think it's interesting, but I just not a big fan of it currently. But Noted. Moonlighter, on the other hand, <laughs> big boy, terrible I love this game. fucking game. Dude, it's so good. Of course, by Digital Sun, I've been talking about it this year that I wanted to actually beat Moonlighter at some point in time this year. And I was like, hey, what better time than right now? Get into Moonlighter. I haven't played some indie games for a while. I feel like this is going to be my my Hollow Knight again, where I got back into Hollow Knight, talked about it for weeks until I finally beat it. Moonlighter, I'm actually just I I'm shooting through this game right now. At least I I probably put like eight or nine hours into it in the past couple days, just because like last night they had that party and I was like I'm gonna play fucking Moonlighter. Like I don't care and <laughs> I want to talk to y'all. I'm just gonna play Moonlighter. So that's what I did and I got through. So there are like uh, a couple of different. The idea of Moonlighter is that you go into it's this roguelite where you go into dungeons, you get items, you come back out, you sell them in your merchant shop, and then you can buy like new upgrades for armor and stuff. You go into dungeons again, you beat the boss, you go into a new dungeon, and it's kind of like a rinse and repeat scenario. You can upgrade the Moonlighter, which is your shop, to make it bigger with more stalls, but then by upgrading your shop, you actually have more to deal with. Uh, so that's when like thieves start coming in. I just upgraded my my shop to the highest tier and now every time i open my shop a fucking bird comes in and just starts like fucking shit up and no one will buy shit while it's in there so you have to run after it and like tackle this bird and get it out of your fucking shop it's super annoying it happens literally every time and it pisses me off um Thieves are also really annoying because they'll just take your shit off the shelves and run out the door. And sometimes like the radius of the doors is actually pretty big. So if they get close to the door, your shit's just gone. So most people recommend with Moonlighter, do not put your high price stuff near the door. Like, don't do it. So 
granted, uh, thieves don't come in until I believe uh, maybe the second or third tier of upgrading the Moonlighters. So it's like not something you really need to worry about. And they explicitly telegraph them. When they enter your store, there's like a text bubble that has a thief icon. So you know who they are. Just sometimes it takes them a while to grab something and run. And it's it's kind of annoying because like three customers will pile up while I'm fucking eagle eyeing this thief. And I'm like, try to steal something. I swear to God, bitch. And then I like tackle him and have to put the shit back on the shelf. But I'm really loving Moonlighter. Um, I initially had just gotten I got through the the first dungeon and I got to uh, so that's like the the golem. I want to say it's the golem dungeon, but I don't 100 percent know. Um, way back when, when I was playing it a bit, got to the forest dungeon. Hadn't I? I don't even think I actually got to the boss at that time. Um, but within the past couple of days, I beat the forest dungeon, I beat the desert dungeon, and now I'm on to the tech dungeon. And after the tech, I've just got one more, and then I'm done. Seemingly, I, I think I'm not 100 percent sure. I love Moonlighter so much; it's so nice. But here's a question that I have for you, Big Josh boy. You have played a plethora of roguelikes and roguelites, okay? You're the fucking, you're the master disaster here. You're, you're the all-knowing I don't think that's true, but sure. Big Josh boy. Shut your mouth. Uh, I have to ask you a question. In Moonlighter, you go in to the third dungeon, which is the desert dungeon. I'm making... Yes hella cash on all of these items like nothing that drops sells for less than like uh, like 200 300 gold i generally just fucking toss those i'm like i don't give a shit about them you can put them into a mirror so that you can gain a little bit of gold while you're in the dungeon so you can teleport out of the dungeon without having to bring gold in with you it's kind Mm -hmm. of interesting um i just throw those but in the desert dungeon i'm making hella cash dude i've got literally there's an icon for your bag when you have just a little bit of gold it looks like a flaccid dick it's just so funny it's the funniest looking thing i've ever seen you get a little bit more gold you get like ten thousand gold it's looking a little chunky it's like okay okay, you got some gold in there i got fucking millions of gold dude my shit's (laughs) bursting at the seams it's literally got cuts in it like i got hella gold okay when i go into this desert dungeon Every time I've gone into a gun to dungeon, golem to forest made more money. Forest to desert made hella cash, like so much more money. Go from desert to tech, dick. T- the tech sells for nothing. Oh it fucking goodness. sucks. I hate it. It's, it doesn't make any sense because the stuff that's made out of tech costs so much money to make. It's absurd and to upgrade. It's fucking egregious. I hate it. But then desert, like I have to, I've started to have to go back into the desert to get a bunch of shit so I can sell it to then make tech gear because going into the tech dungeon does not yield any useful materials other than making stuff. Like some of the stuff sells for a decent amount, but most of it is like dog shit. It's just, it pissing me off. Like I hate it. Does that ever happen to you with roguelikes where it's just like your progression is hampered in a big way? Now you just got to fucking do the old shit more like sorry. I mean, a little bit. It just it really just depends. Like and I didn't I think I stopped around that point in Moonlighter because I also didn't want to really do the grind. Um, But it it adds like I, I. I think there's some roguelites where they do it where it's like this will create more longevity because people will be stuck in it. And whether that's for a good reason of like 
it'll force you to get better. And so you can progress easier, you know, in other places or in order to just put kind of like a cap of like you're it, it just makes it hard to make it hard so that it takes longer for you to beat. But like it seems it, like that's what it's doing, because yeah. beforehand it was basically like, OK, every dungeon I went into is like the same kind of like loop where I went in, I got the materials, I got my new armor, my new short sword and shield because that's my fucking jam. I just figured out the brawler like the fist. They also dope. I, I don't like the bow. Don't like the spear. Don't like the great sword. But those two fucking things. <laughs> <laughs> They sweet, big boy. They all right, sweet. All right, all right. Um, so I go in, I get my item, I get my armor, I upgrade them all the way. I can easily beat the boss. It's that easy. Every time I've done it, Golem Dungeon, done it. Forest Dungeon, done it. Desert Dungeon, done it. Tech Dungeon, fuck me. Gotta go back to the fucking Desert Dungeon so I can even make any money at all. Because generally in these dungeons, it's like you make enough money in this dungeon from the stuff that you get that you're not making into things to actually make the items and in the tech dungeon it's like nope we're back to golem golem dungeon prices you're selling this shit for less than 100 and i'm like fuck you no like i just what and it's like i i you can get golden chests later down in these dungeons because each one has three floors and at the end of the third floor you fight the boss and generally when you get golden chests which are I would say only available on like the end to the second uh, and third floor. Generally, when you get these golden chests, the shit inside of them is good. It's going to sell for a decent amount. It's going to sell for a couple thousand, whatever. That is not the case in the fucking tech dungeon. Like there are a couple things uh-huh. like I came across a tome that sold for like 40,000, but they're so sparse. There's just like, there's, there's not very much of it versus in the desert dungeon. Like everything sells for a lot of money. It doesn't matter. In the tech dungeon, it's like, uh, 20%, like a, a solid, I would say like 60% of the items that you get total ass, they're going to sell for nothing. And then, you know, the 40%, I would say like 20% of that is shit that I need to craft stuff. And then, you know, the other 20% is like, okay, you're going to make some money. Like, there you go. It's just, yeah, it started to annoy me, but I was like, you know what? I got back on my desert grind. I now have enough money to where I can make my new sword and shield and I'm going to upgrade it all the way. And then I'm going to have to go back into the desert dungeon so I can make my fucking armor because fuck me. But why not? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, though. I love Moonlighter so much. It's it's so much fun. I've almost got all of the uh, the DLC minions. Like I've said before, like you can get them and you could take them with you, but I won't because I'm afraid they'll die. So <laughs> I just let them like grow outside of my house in their little pen. So I've got like uh, three of the four slimes. I've got like the mimic. I've got the golem mother. I'm, I'm basically just missing the ones that come from the tech dungeon. So I'm going to be grinding the shit out of that just to get these fucking eggs so I can, I can hatch these bitches, but I'm loving it. I love moonlighter. I think it's, uh, it's just so much fucking fun. It's just <sighs> so good, dude. It's so good. I'm glad but, you're enjoying it. It's oh, good. it's uh, it's available on Game Pass for anybody who wants to try it out. I know for PC, um, it's available, but it, it might not be for consoles. Easily though, if you're looking for like you, you're playing Hades, uh, you're playing I don't know like a Dandyace, Children of Morta. You're you're playing some roguelites. You get to the end of them and you're like, I want another good one. Fucking play some Moonlighter, dude. 
Or play some Binding of Isaac, because Big Josh Boy, he's all, he's all Dude, into that fucking Binding you should, of Isaac. You should play it. Binding. I will Binding not play Isaac. that game. <laughs> Come on, man. Fucking play it. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I believe you that it's good. I just no, like, I don't think you do. Because if you did, you'd play it. <laughs> I believe you that it's good, but I just don't think I'm going to like it that much. And I don't want to disappoint I don't you like that, Big understand. Josh Boy. Like, I don't good, understand. Though. Don't understand. So, once again, uh, the games that I've been playing, Recompile by Fee Games or Fi Games, not 100% sure, and Moonlighter by Digital Sun. Now that we've gotten through what we've been playing, it is time for us to talk about the main news stories for today. Our first news story is over on IGN. It is written by Matt Perslow, and it is Sony has, inve- Sony has invested in Devolver Digital. Uh, so this is an update to a former story, but it has been confirmed. Uh, Sony has invested in Devolver Digital, the official PlayStation Twitter account today posted a tweet stating that it is honored to be an investor. Um, so the original story story says Sony is reportedly investing in Devolver Digital, the indie publisher behind the likes of Hotline Miami, Inscription, and Death's Door. According to a report from GamesIndustry.biz, Sony is set to make a 5% investment in the company. This follows the announcement that the company uh, that Devolver Digital has been valued at $950 million after being floated on AIM, a submarket of the London Stock, London Stock Exchange. I don't know anything about stocks, by the way, but I know that ah. this is like their IPO, their initial public offering. I don't know exactly what that means, honestly, but seemingly Devolver Digital, it's going public and... They're making some money. I think at the end of this news story, they say that like um, Devolver Digital has two headquarters, one in Austin, uh, Austin, Texas, and one in London, UK. This new move onto, uh, yeah, this new move onto the stock exchange has provided the company with 50 million in gross proceeds, which are set to be used to expand the company, which I'm super into because Devolver does have a history of finding really awesome indies to publish, even though I do really hate the fact that everybody thinks of them as devolver games and yeah. not of the specific developer but i do think this is really cool how do you feel about it big josh boy are you gonna try to buy some stock in devolver digital i don't even know if you can i don't like are you know, gonna try i don't know that i can because it's part of the london exchange i don't know i don't know enough about stocks in in that regards i have a couple accounts like i have an e-trade and i have uh, a thing through uh like Bank of America, whatever they call it, a Merrill Edge and stuff like that. But I didn't see it. I tried to search for the stock because I would have gotten some because I'm uh like I was looking at it, especially in this article. They mentioned it and I, I was kind of thinking about it. Every game, like almost every game they've published this year uh, has been like part of my top. Like this is like I, I feel like if, if we slaps. Looked, dude, at the end of this year, when we talk about what's the indie game of the year, like my top five is going to be like. Devolver Digital Game, Devolver Digital Game, Devolver Digital Game. Like they're all up there. Loop here, yeah. Inscription. Like they're all there. Um, and then Weird West is going to be there too. Like for next year, Devolver Digital curates games on such a level that speaks to my interest that I am so behind this company. What for this story? Like what this means of Sony backing them? Like means nothing. Like. Some people yeah. in the comments were like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if the, because they have stock that Devolver Digital is going to only come to PlayStation? And it's like, one, they're a publisher. They wouldn't do that because that would be weird. Uh, they don't yeah, own the games. Yeah, it would be games. like exactly against. Well, yeah. Like they want their games on 
as many platforms as possible. That's why Devolver hasn't made any deals with Microsoft or PlayStation or anything like that to have exclusivity. I feel like it would be so strange to because they don't make the games. Like it would be weird because then they'd have to not only when they're doing the like the contract work of talking to a, a, a developer to be like, cool, we'll help publish you, but also you kind of only be PlayStation and people would probably be like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. I I mean, granted, I guess they could do it, but like, I feel like, yeah, you're just limiting yourself in that regards because it's like, it's not doing it with the same intention of if you were a developer and you were talking to PlayStation and you were like, PlayStation, give me money so I only work on yours, which like isn't the case. Um, Yeah. Plus, but it's I, only a 5% stake. It's which not is nothing, like a majority which is stake nothing. or anything. Yeah. Like, Sony owns, I believe, like 2 or 3% in Epic, and yeah. nothing right. has changed. Like, as far as I know, um, you... I I don't know a lot about the stock market, but in one of my classes, we've talked about, like, um, investor activism. And one of them is, like, you can buy certain portions of companies. I believe it's like five to 10% to then have some sort of say in the way that they run their business, but not really. Like it's, it's a small amount of say. Um, and then there's of course stuff like hostile takeovers where people start to go to like other investors and they start to purchase their stocks. So then they'll have the majority share. But I also believe that like most places when they make IPOs and stuff like that, they try to keep a certain amount like they only allow a certain amount to be sold so that they can't be taken over once again i'm kind of talking about uh, talking out my ass here because i don't (laughs) exactly know a whole lot about stocks but like i don't think anybody needs to be worried about playstation's involvement with devolver digital right now if anything like i i think it's a good thing currently um if it was like if they bought like 25 percent if they bought like a large amount which i don't even know if that's possible but if we start to see these like if we saw 10 cent if we saw um like any of these like kind of weirder like big shady corporations start to buy into them at like in the double digits then i would be worried um yeah yeah but 5% 5% from Sony, nah, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's going to change anything. If anything, right now, I think it's going to make some stuff better. I think we're just going to like, they have more money now to invest in finding some dope-ass indies and they've shown that they have a good eye for it. So I'm excited, you know? Mm. I'm I'm pretty stoked. Like, I have no problem with this. So whatever. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, you have any last thoughts you want to get off on this news story before we head to uh, the next one? Uh, no, I, I I don't really know enough about this other than knowing that like it doesn't really it's more like a nothing story. Like it's interesting oh, yeah. that PlayStation is doing it, but like I wouldn't think that like this is something's happening, like nothing's happening. They're just putting money in a certain place that they think will make them more money. Yeah, it's all it is. It'll be interesting to see if anything comes of it. Um, but yeah. currently, I don't think anyone needs to be worried. Um, just, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, I mean, it seems only, good. The only, impl- like, the bigger implications on this, other than the, like, the PlayStation part, is the fact that Devolver Digital is doing this in general of going public yeah. because it, it makes them more accountable from, you know, stakeholders. And what does that change when it comes to Devolver Digital as a company and how they uh, hold themselves to to publishing games, which I, I doubt it will affect it based on who Devolver Digital is, but it can have some ramifications down the road of like, 
what type of choices does Devolver Digital make? Like, do we see, you know, five years from now, a difference in the curation of these games? Because maybe they're not as willing to take a risk because, you know, their stock could go down or whatever, you know. Or even the way they talk about them. Like the Devolver Directs are a little bit weird. And the fact that like fucking like Elon Musk can go on Joe Rogan and smoke weed and his uh, like the stock price of Tesla dips like a massive amount. Right. Imagine if something similar happens to Devolver. Like we we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's almost funny because they make fun of almost themselves now because they've in a lot of those directs they they would always like make fun of you know how the 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 scene is evolving from a video game perspective and all the like pitfalls and doing something like this is kind of in the same wheelhouse of like who they were attacking in a way not exactly but there is making fun of yeah there is some degree to it that they are like there's there's a world where devolver digital becomes the enemy right (laughs) I'm so I'm honestly surprised. Like, I I mean, I haven't really looked into it, but I'm surprised I haven't seen like egregious articles about how fanboys are saying that they sold out or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah. I feel I like I don't that know. would be an easy article to write. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's happening, but I, I don't have any problem with it. I hope that it's it's not going to like really degrade any of their products. Currently, we have no idea. Um, what it's looking forward to. I don't think people or what is going to happen in the future. I don't think people need to be worried about specifically Sony's involvement, but right. Eh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. Uh, so our next news story and our last one is over on GameSpot. It's written by Cameron Koch. I don't know, coach. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> and it is pitch a game contest. So thousands of devs pitch some incredible looking games. So this is one I just kind of wanted to talk about because until I came across it on Twitter, I didn't know what this was. And I feel like a lot of people don't actually know about pitch a game, but it is actually really, really cool. Yep. Uh, so using the hashtag pitch a game, thousands of, and it's literally like pitch, Y-A. So pitch your game, just to let everyone know. Uh, Thousands of indie developers tweeted out pitches for their games on November 2nd as part of a social media contest, and the results are astounding. The hashtag came about as part of the Pitch a Game Awards, an initiative founded by Liam Toes. Toes? I'm, I'm, once again, bad at names, just butchering it fucking uh, moving on to have indie (laughs) game create creators get their moment in the spotlight and potentially win a cash prize should they uh should their pitch be selected the pitch a game award started in 2020 with the most recent award period having concluded back in june of 2021 so there you go it's easy that like a lot of people wouldn't know about this because it is a relatively new thing but I do think it's really cool because indie games come out of the woodwork and they're games that I never would have known about beforehand. Of course, sure. I, I yeah. try to make sure on the IndiePod Twitter, we follow as many developers as possible that are making dope ass shit. And I like and I retweet and and we talk about them. But when pitch a game comes up, this is when people come out and they're like, little did you know, I've been making the next indie gem under a rock for four years and you have no idea. Like yeah. it's fucking insane. Like the the few that they reference in this article um are are fairly cool. Like Space Flux is a little bit weird. It is a surreal online FPS where the map contains itself, which sounds a little odd. Um it looks nuts. It yeah, looks it's really it, nuts. 
it looks really weird. Uh, and then like, I think that, uh, I, I, I think it's called, um, demon spore, but I'm not a hundred percent certain certain. This is the second one here where it's like blast your way out of a tentacle hell as a failed lab experiment gives birth to a randomly growing viral horror in this intense action roguelite inspired by eighties monster movies. That one looks fucking dope. I yeah. like that. It's just like this fucking scientist running across, like trying to kill all these tentacles as yeah, they yeah. <laughs> go to like new weapons and stuff. Looks really, really cool. Um, honestly, the one that really blew me away, of course, would be like Wander Stars. Looks really dope because it seems like it's a uh, Wander Stars is a 90s anime RPG where you make your own attacks by combining words. Mm. That was the thing that I found the most interesting was that when it came to attacking, you just chose your like great kick. You choose two words and then it does like a certain amount of damage. Then sometimes you do three words where it's like great water kick and it changes the animation and does different amounts and different types of damage. Like I think that that seems really, really cool. And it's obviously got this really cool nineties anime aesthetic, mm -hmm. big Josh boy, how you feeling? Did you end up looking into picture game after this new article came out? Are, are you interested to like, delve into them and see what we've got we've got like shit that's reminiscent of mike tyson's punch out like it's yeah, there's yeah. some cool stuff here there's there's a lot of cool stuff um it's funny actually that you you put this article in because because of pitch a game and the hype that came with it so i'm in a couple of you know i'm in a discord uh that that uh was hosting this uh and i'm generally just i i have twitter for really only this use of looking at video games i kind of hate twitter other than that um yeah. but because of that i literally went through the pitch of game already but specifically with the idea of just like hey i'm looking for indie devs who want to come on our podcast and and talk to us about their game and stuff like that and i've already gotten one uh yeah. who i just did earlier today for the game no body which is a uh, uh, a rpg narrative type game that its main inspirations are undertale and silent hill and night in the woods and i was like seems cool let's check it out right and it's it's been awesome because pitch a game works i mean it works for for one you're getting some people who are getting like thousands and thousands of views for their their video or their steam page or whatever they are pitching uh and it's also getting people like me who are like that looks cool Let's dive in further, which also adds to, you know, any of our listeners to get to hear these types of games or these types of whatever imaginings that are out there. So I'm super excited. I think that from like the picture games that were shown here, my favorite was probably the little kitty big city i know not quite um <laughs> i i think i'd have to go with with like wonder stars as well because i thought it was such a unique twist on combining your own attacks and then just man that that fps the like weird map containing game just looks so cool i feel like it would be like fps shooters aren't my thing but like i'd still enjoy playing that just for the novelty of it i think 
Yeah, like it's trippy enough. That one's called Space Flux, by the way. But yeah, yeah. it does seem really interesting. And yeah, you're right. Pitch a game works. Like a yeah. lot of people find these games because of it. And I'm super stoked to like really delve in to this. And I'm really interested to see like who wins this this pitch a game awards. And like, I'm not exactly sure how much money they win or like how exactly that's going to be used. But I'm honestly so glad that Liam has made this, has given indie devs a platform to really showcase their games in an awesome way. And the nice thing about it is it's like, it's not you trying to pitch a game or pitch your game to just the fucking void of, of people who may be into it, maybe not. Instead, right. this hashtag, if you follow this hashtag, you are open to looking at these indie games. Like it's it's very deliberate where if you are looking at pitch a game, you it's entire idea. It's it's reason for existing is that these are indie games looking for eyes. And that means that anybody looking at it, you're going if you participate in this, you're going to find somebody who is into your game. I think that's amazing. I think it's really cool. I'm very interested to see where this goes in the in like the following years. I hope it becomes a bigger thing, like doesn't just exist on Twitter, but also but a kind of like removed from that becomes a bigger thing because like you said, Twitter kind of sucks. Like <laughs> it kind of blows. And a lot of people don't have Twitter for that reason. Yeah. So I, I hope that this becomes a larger deal outside of it. And I really cross my fingers that gaming as a whole kind of moves out of Twitter and finds a new place because yeah. like, Twitter fucking sucks. And Love I am it. also like, I, I enjoy Twitter because of the like accessibility to all sorts of like really awesome indie games and stuff like that that can pop on my feed. But also I feel like it's the easiest place to be toxic because yeah, it's just like, for sure. it's, it's almost a challenge. It's like the, the amount, the, the, the fact that like, yeah, it's no longer 180 characters. Now it's like 260 or something like that. But it's like, it's like challenging somebody to use the least amount of characters possible to destroy your existence. And I find it very interesting. So let's pitch a game. Check it out. It's just hashtag P-I-T-H-Y-A and then game. Super easy to find over on Twitter. You can find some dope ass indie games. Over 1,300 pitches during this, this recent time of doing it. So I'm interested to see what happens. Oh, it's... It's a shitload of games. It's a lot of games, <laughs> which just goes into, man, there's no way that even someone like you and me who are on top of indie games in, you know, the fact that we're constantly talking about them every week. There's no way I know all 1300 that came through. I probably don't even know, like, almost any of them. We could do this show daily and it would still be impossible. Yeah. Like in indie games, it's like it's it's really not a genre. It's just a classification, but most people refer to it as one. So we just go with it and it's like, hey, why not? Because yeah. they do have their own specific field. If our episode one oh like one hundred has taught us anything, it's that indie games, the one thing that everyone can agree on is that you can feel an indie game when you play it. Like, you know, right. that it had they have their own feel for for better and for worse, I guess, for certain people. So, yeah, I, I hope this kicks off. Hope it sees a lot of people. But it is time for us to hop into new scram. Cram. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like that news one? Cram. Like that cram? It's, it was it's a good, good one. It was, it was a good cram. It was a good cram. It was I, like I, I really liked it. It had a lot of soul in yeah, the cram. Dude, you know? I, I felt it. I don't know about the listeners, but I felt it. I think they did. I think they felt you deep in the underneath. You know what I mean? Mm, they were just that's, like, that's ah. too much. That's too much. Uh, dude, maybe you need to scale it back then. Maybe you need to quit being such a cute boy. You know mm. what I mean? Maybe you need to grow a unibrow. How about that? Like, you know? No, maybe. Uh. Can't Dang, tell now. You still might be a cute boy. You Can't tell. <laughs> News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. This week, we do not have any quick news stories for you or any new deals or quick steals. Granted, there's a shitload of indie games actually on sale on Steam right now for like a whole bunch of different reasons. So head over there if you're interested, of course. If you add things to your wish list, it lets you know when they go on sale. It's it's pretty nice. It gives you like a nice little email. And I believe if you have the Steam app on your phone, it also notifies you there. So mm. if you're looking forward to a game and you're just like, oh, maybe I'll just wait for a sale, add it to your Steam wish list. It's that easy. Or if like a game is coming in the distant future, that's also why with all of our developer interviews, if it's about a game that hasn't come out yet, I'm like, if it's got a Steam page, add it to your wish list because it'll notify you when it comes out. It's very right. easy to forget when video games come out. So just add shit to your Steam wish list makes everything easier. But Super good. On to some new stuff. Our first three items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that Shovel Knight Dig by Nitrome has just been delayed to an unknown date in 2022, that Binding of Isaac Repentance by Edmund McMillan and Nicholas.Inc. is now available on Xbox One, PlayStation 5, and Ooh. the Nintendo Switch, and Ooh. that Metroidvania Super Mumbo Quest by, I want to say O-Road, because it's like O or O-Rube, but I just... <laughs> I'm not sure. The O-Road was wrong. O-Rube may be right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Game Studio is now available on the Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam. And for our last news story, it is over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that side-scrolling micro-strategy game Kingdom Two Crowns by Stumpy Squid, Fury Studios, and Coatsync will receive a new DLC titled Norse Lands, which will be headed to all current and last-gen versions of the game on November 16th. We didn't have a massive amount of indie games news this week, but we did have some into, uh, like a, a bunch of fun conversations. So, of course, because of that, we got to get back to them creators in our next segment. God bless the crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh boys hops into all sorts of crowdfunding sites, find something awesome for us to talk about. And we do just so. This week, we are, of course, headed over to Kickstarter pretty much as usual. But Kickstarter is like the it's it's popping with the game kickstarter it's got a it's lot where people yeah. go there's there's a lot of times where i'm like hmm i have to really think about which one i choose 
And and I'm like, I'll pick that one next week. And then I get I get into it. And then I'm like, oh, but now there's this new one I got to choose. Like, I don't know. I mean, it also doesn't help that no one uses the word crowdfunded anymore. Like yeah, they use yeah. the word Kickstarter. Yeah. And I find it very interesting that like now it's entirely taken over that word because when people talk about there are certain games that like are backed on fig like psychonauts 2 people will be like oh yeah when it was in its kickstarter it's like it wasn't but okay yeah. like i mean it's <laughs> the same it's the same concept of like it, it doesn't really matter if you're the best but you were the first which kickstarter yeah. i still think is is well then again fig is pretty damn good but it's like a different yeah, fig model is dope. it's a different model but it's the same concept of like uber and lyft right if people talk about getting a, a car whether I'm you're using Lyft, whether you're using Lyft. Lyft or not, you say an Uber. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I don't use Uber ever. I'm always I always use Lyft. And yet, I will 100% tell you that I'm getting an Uber. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh so, this week we are checking out Last Soul, a shooting sci-fi adventure for mankind. Uh it says humankind lost its way to live. This cute shooting robot is its last hope or is the last hope. Collect boosters and get the power to destroy your enemies. The developers are I I want to say Wulum. It's W U L U M. I'm going to go with Willem. Seems like it makes sense. Sure. They are looking for $20,073 at the time of this recording. They have 10196 with 188 backers and 12 days left to go. This is like it's it's closing stretch, of course. If you are a patron or a plebe, head over. If this sounds interesting, possibly give them a couple bucks. The ground floor to actually get the game, I believe is 17 us dollars. Uh, mm. but it's like 20 Canadian that also gets you though, a mobile exclusive wallpaper. You get thanks on their webpage, which I mean, I'd rather have my name in your credits. I think it's weird that you just have it on our webpage. I guess maybe, I don't know, may, maybe you're holding the credits thing for something else, but maybe. whatever. <laughs> Uh, you get a digital art folder, digital wallpaper, you get a copy of the game on your preferred platform, and you get the founder role in their Discord. So mm -hmm. that's pretty interesting. Good Big stuff. Josh Boy, how are you feeling about Last Soul? I like it. I think it looks cool. It's uh, you're this cute little robot, shoots lasers, you bounce around, you got a jetpack. Yeah. Um, I, I think it looks good. Uh, some of the main inspirations were things like, uh, what was it called? Uh, why can't I find it right now? Um, uh, Katana, Katana Zero, Zero, Neon Abyss, yeah. Exit the Gungeon, and Toho Luna Knights. Which are all really, uh, well, uh, revered games. I think that if they're taking things away from that, uh, they're, it looks good. They had, uh, one of the main things that they talked about in this was that originally they had released a prologue for the game and that's kind of what sparked the interest and i guess probably for them was the the calling to like yeah we should keep continue doing this because they got a, a good amount of people who played it and who enjoyed it and so i think i think that there's to some degree uh i think this can get a bit too chaotic for my <laughs> enjoyment uh, yeah. as far as the bullet hell aspects um but it looks it looks like this is going to be a good game, and I think a lot of people will have fun with it. It seems to have a good amount of content. They're saying that that the original one was only planned to have 20 levels. And if you know they really push on this, they would have they said there's like 50 percent done with the game. So I assume they would have more or just like more polished levels. So sounds like they're uh, going to have a good amount of content in it. 
I think the asking price uh, seems worth it to me anyway at at this point. Um, But obviously this is one of those like what kind of game are you into? Because I feel like some might be a little bit uh, some might be not as as into this because it looks like it can be a difficult game. I don't know. I didn't see anywhere anything that comes to like accessibility of like, you know, can you be a bit more spongy because it looks like that yellow bar up there is your health and maybe they just balance it by giving you more health and you can take more damage or whatever it is. But otherwise, I think it's pretty legit. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Uh, Something that you brought up was the kind of like bullet hell aspect of it seeming like overwhelming. I definitely would agree with that. Um, There are times like in some of the footage where you see them putting up a shield, but it seems like that... And the jetpack seem to be the only ways that you can really avoid shots. And it's it's very much like a recompile thing where I was, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just that I have this weird like phobia of, <laughs> or like this weird obsession with my health bar in games. But mm. it for some reason just really bothers me when it seems impossible to, I guess, avoid damage for the most part. Like, this game it kind of seems like that like i don't know how often your shield recharges i i really couldn't see that it seems like it does have a nice little duration and you can put it out several times but i'm not 100 percent sure granted they do have that prologue so i can check it out that's that's what's nice about some of our god bless the crowd games is when they have like a dlc or a prologue i believe they said this prologue has their first boss fight so like you can get a pretty good feel of how exactly Last Soul plays and how it feels. Yeah. Uh, the art style itself, I think, looks really cute. Um, granted, I think it's cute, but I don't think it's really for me, if I'm being honest. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I'm, I like, I'm surprised by that, actually. I feel like this would be up your alley. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just like I I enjoy robots, but like ones that are a little bit less anthropomorphized. I, I don't know why. It's just like less my deal, which is weird because it's like, oh, I liked Haiku, but like bitch is a roly poly. Like it, it doesn't make yeah, a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a like I this is going to sound mean, but like a lack of polish. Not to say that that's like a bad thing in general. It's just the way I look at it, I guess. I, I don't know. It just. Interesting. I, I don't like the art style that much. I don't know why. Don't I really don't know why. With you. Don't agree with well, you. Well, there you go. There you go. You like the art style. I don't like the yeah, art style. Yeah. That's okay. Everybody, everybody, everybody's got their opinions, right? And yeah. I, to, to help with that chaotic, like bullet hell approach, like there is a, an ability where you can seemingly slow down time to make it not oh, as chaotic okay. for yourself. Like you'll see that in some of the screenshots and trailers well not screenshots but like the trailer like gif images that it does slow down to a degree i don't know how much you can use that or like what the you know uh, the time limit for that is or how much you can use it or yada yada but there is some ability to make it a little bit less intense to a degree of like there's no way i cannot get hit you know so it's it's not all uh doom and gloom for those who might have a little bit of of trepidation when it comes to those type of games um i don't know i i disagree with you uh on on the the style to it like the look of it i love it i feel like it has a very like uh, mega man type feel to it and i like the cuteness of the little robot um I don't know. I I don't have too much more to say to it. Um, once again, I like I didn't 
don't really care too much about the story of it other than your cutesy robot and you're destroying other big robots which is like <laughs> which is enough for me um yeah. but uh but yeah i think i think people should check it out all right once again that is last soul over on kickstarter by seemingly willem uh, they still need about $10,000. So if you are a fan, you're listening to this, they've got 12 days left to go at the time of this recording. So if you're a patron or you're a plebe, head over, see if you like it. Maybe you do give them that $17 or like, if you just want to give them a little bit of money, they do have that like pledge without a reward for however much you want. Or the, the $9, which gives you like the thanks on the webpage, the discord role, and you get the exclusive wallpapers on mobile. So whatever you want to do. You can do it there, but once again, it's Last Soul over on Kickstarter. Now it is time to hop into our listener questions. Our first question of this week comes from Mr. Wombat Emperor of Australia. He's a, he's Phil. He's chilling out there in Australia. No, he's just like he's ruling the animals with an iron fist. And writes in and says, yeah, "If yeah. you told, if you were told, either okay, yeah. if you told you." We're either going to die by falling out of a plane or drowning deep under the sea in a leaky submarine. Which would you choose? I also said train, I'm fairly certain. Uh, it's a plane, by yeah, the way. Obviously, you're not going to die by falling out of a train. Well, Hopefully. you could fall you can, out of yeah. the train and then fall on the tracks and get squished. Yeah, you could get fucked up. But if you were told you were going to die by either falling out of a plane or deep under the ocean in a leaky submarine, which one would you choose? First off, uh, death just, it terrifies me. Um, <laughs> yeah, same. I'm so scared of it. Um, but I think if I had to choose, and obviously at the time of it happening, it could be different because I don't know either option. I think I'd choose the plane, even though I hate that feeling that you get from you know like roller coasters or crazy rides where you get the drop feeling the butterfly feeling it's like ugh, it's awful to me yeah i still think i'd choose that over drowning because drowning feels like such a like elongated painful process of feeling it like you'd feel the scaredness of falling out of an airplane but you'd feel the initial impact so much yeah, quicker like... <laughs> than you would having to just drown, right? Like I, I, I'd rather have that because yes, I'd be terrified for longer, but also I'd probably be, I don't even know that I'd be terrified for longer because I feel like I'd be just as terrified in a leaky submarine. Cause like if it's yeah. leaky, I'd have to wait until it just keeps rising up and be like, you're like, well, I'm going to drown in the next five hours. Yeah. Like, I guess I'll die eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was in a leaky submarine, I'd find some way to kill myself. If I'm being real, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not waiting to drown in a leaky submarine. Yeah, depending on how bad it is, I would. Yeah, I'd also go with the plane. I would also hope that the plane was high enough that I pass out before I hit the ground. That's true. You know, That's true. like yeah. the guy who jumped technically, I think from like the stratosphere in his balloon almost passed out or I believe he did and had to do special training to not pass out something along those lines. So it's like, granted, planes are fucking flying in the stratosphere. As far as I know, they in almost in outer space, but like hopefully between the terror and just like the like me equalizing, hopefully I'd pass out. And just like fucking dead. You know you, what I mean? You would hope. You would hope. Yeah. And and if not, maybe I've got a good five minutes to come to terms with my death. Maybe I'm just like, okay, 
This is gonna happen whether I like it or not. I'm not gonna pull some fucking I like. Feel like. I feel like it would be so much quicker than five minutes. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how high the plane <laughs> I is guess flying. That's true. I guess that's true. But I still think, man, I don't know. I that would be an interesting uh like how long does it take from an average right plane for a human to just fall and hit the ground? Die. <laughs> I mean that part's implied. Yeah. I don't think yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. In uh King of the Hill, Peggy Hill fall she goes on skydiving, falls out of a plane, only gets paralyzed. You know what I mean? Like there you go. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I think you'd die. Uh, you'd hope so, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I think we've both pretty much said, yeah, we'd rather die falling out of a plane than in a leaky submarine, especially because it's like a leaky submarine. That's really the word, because like I have a leak in my roof. It doesn't mean that like a gallon of water is leaking in every second or whatever. It means that it's like, just like, yeah. Bloop, and bloop, I feel like if it was bloop. a leaky submarine, you know, by the time I realized it's, oh, it's kind of leaking, couldn't I just like, Patch go it. back up <laughs> like yeah patch it or go back yeah. up and be like all right well i've got like a couple hours i guess i could go back to the top like i don't know how submarines work though maybe like once it's got a leak it's like oh we're dead like i don't think that's how it works maybe maybe i have no idea but like, oh, there you go phil tiny leak can't go up <laughs> <laughs> we would both rather die from a plane than in a leaky submarine <laughs> uh caesar writes in and says and i'm I, it might be cesar i'm not 100 percent sure sorry if i said your name incorrectly it's just something i do writes in and says is there a game that you hated but played until the end big josh boy is there a game you hated and played till the end i spent a while and i look through my backlog of like you know all the games in in my steam library and some of the games that i've been playing recently on like my xbox and whatnot and i i don't think there is one um Maybe when I was a kid, because I like, you know, you you have a, a finite amount of games then because it's just like whatever your parents would get you. Um, yeah. But I can't I can't really think of anything because I'm I'm very much in the mindset of if I don't like it, I'm not going to finish it. Like I'm going to put it down because I and I talk about this all the time about like if a game doesn't respect my time, I don't want to be about it because I'm just like. It, it's just so I don't know. There's just there's so little time that we have in life that I don't want to do it doing something I hate or don't enjoy. Yeah, uh, I granted there's probably an example, but like I really it's so rare that I cannot think of anything that I've like just pushed through. If if I was in, you know, we're like adjacent to the gaming industry and the fact that we're just like hobbyists who do this podcast, if I worked for some you know a, a game company and i created like reviews and things like that like i guess it would be a little different because you have to be like all right i gotta finish the game to get the review out but like as just a, a general consumer in this world if i hate a game i'm throwing that shit out yeah pretty much the same like yeah time is just too valuable if i'm not enjoying a game i'm gonna put it down like this is what i talked about when i talked about recompile the second that i stopped like the second i felt like i just wasn't enjoying my experience i was like i i have an abundance of games so that's kind of the nice thing about being a gamer right now is for like a small amount of money mm -hmm. you can actually have like a crazy large library with things yeah. like xbox game pass or or playstation now to an extent and yeah. it's like 
you don't have to play games that you don't enjoy. We're no longer in that age where like, oh, I rented a game. I I rented this game and now I've got seven days to play it. So I might as well, like, mm-hmm. because I, I've already played Fable 2 eight times through and I've already <laughs> played Mass Effect. Like now it's just like, Bro, I got Xbox Game Pass. If I'm not enjoying this game, I know that there are like fucking 10, 20 games that I will enjoy way more. And they're mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. a click away. I just have to download them. So, yeah, nah, not into playing games that I don't like. I believe Sam popped in under this and was like, yeah, I play like Dr. Mario hated it, but I ended up finishing it and really loving it. And I was like, I do not have that experience. It's it's never been a thing where I'm like, this game blows and then but i love starting, it yeah starting <laughs> to love it yeah i i thought about that too and i feel like because and and granted this could be to you know there's going to be times where i might have liked a game if i stuck with it but like because of my demeanor to like a game where if i just if i don't like you i'm gonna stop playing you right like i can't get that feeling because i don't i don't put the time in to be like all right i'll slog through this and then maybe love it at the end did you finish Spirit Fair? God no. No. Oh, I was gonna say, like, maybe that's no. the closest. Like no. maybe with a fucking book club you've gotten like, close to finishing when you didn't enjoy I, it. But. I will say things like the book club make me put in more effort than I would normally. Like, we have Sable coming up. I put in an hour or so. I would have put none <laughs> if I didn't have to. Um, <laughs> but I'm not gonna play it all the way through checks out all right there you go it seems like we both like honestly as as a gamer nowadays i really don't feel like you should be investing your time in games that you don't enjoy it's just it's so easy to play like it it's more accessible than ever to have this large library of games that you could just switch over to if you wanted something new so and there's there's a lot of good games out there that are free true that's yeah, that's also true. Fucking you can go play some RuneScape right now, bro. Dude, let's get into this. Come on, man. This is the comeback. You ready to just change? Just saying, bro. We went from piss busters and now we're going to be the RuneScape bros. <laughs> I sure hope so. Let's fucking go, big Josh boy. But that is the end of this episode. Thanks everyone so much for listening, for sending in your questions, for anything that you do for us, for however much you consume, however much you give. You're absolutely fantastic. One day, you know, just a you know what i mean we don't say it anymore (laughs) i don't know i've been legally advised to no longer say i'll kiss you on the mouth bro oh you know what here's what's funny art if you give us any amount of anything hypothetically i'll kiss you on the mouth boom you can't you fucking can't touch this dog i don't know our community we had a couple people who told me to basically like step off and be like like, let him kiss me bro It is. I, I do very much enjoy that. It's fantastic. So if you would like to chat with us outside of the show, you could do so in a bunch of different ways. Of course, you can hit us up at IndiePod over on Twitter. It's the easiest way to find us. And you could check out the indie games that we discuss there. Lots of awesome indie games over on Twitter, of course, like we talked about with Pitchy Game. You yep. can uh, get notifications when our episodes go live, send in questions, all sorts of fun stuff. So be sure to follow us at IndiePod over on Twitter. You can follow me, Vaughn, at Hyde Legion, that's H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N, for just, I don't know, some dumb bullshit. I'm going to be talking about my That East Kai Guy stuff, of course, when I start. I'm 
making some more videos. Yeah, I saw I saw so that uh, the other one. I watched a good good. So uh, I'm a spider. So what? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was uh, <laughs> didn't really know what was happening, but I was like, all right, let's get into it. Uh, there you go. There you go. So thank you for that, Big Josh Boy. Yeah. But you can follow Big Josh Boy at the underscore George 90. And if you ever decide to Twitch scream again, it's at the underscore George. So there you go. There you Maybe go. one day. Maybe easy, one day. Easy. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, so, of course, before we hop off, we got to go back into the housekeeping and thank our patrons, all that fun stuff. Be sure to check out our developer interview going live on Wednesday, the 10th of November. That is with... Uh, Robert from Fly Away, they'll be talking about their game Triple Take. Once again, every Wednesday, Big Josh Boy puts out some awesome developer interviews. Last week, Moss Book 2, we had Echo Beach, we had uh, Tales of Iron. We've had so many amazing indie developers on. It's just, just, you know what I mean? Just good shit, good shit. All these kisses. Oh yeah, just... Hypothetically, one day be Josh Boy. Were, my, you, were you like talking lips, to me like a lips. cat there for a second? <laughs> Maybe. I meant, do you ever have those <laughs> moments where like your brain is like, I'm going to make this smooch and like I'm going to make a, but instead <laughs> yeah, you, you just did. click your tongue? Yeah. You never had that happen before? I've never had that, but Weird. I experienced it just now. <laughs> Please head over to the IndiePod store over on Teespring. We've got hoodies, we've got shirts, we've got stickers. I'm going to put up more variations of the hoodies, not necessarily in color, but in design. Um, I'm just going to, like, I, I just need a more high-res version of our, like, older logo. I'm going to try to put out a bunch of different things, and it'll just be, hey, depending on your taste or what kind of hoodie you want, you can do it there. I don't know why people are so stingy with their fucking designs. I don't get it. But maybe it's a business deal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Mass producing things is money. Yeah. There you go. Luckily, fucking Teespring is just like, we'll take a cut. And I'm like, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Why not? Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Head over to YouTube. Type in IndiePod. You can subscribe to us there to watch these episodes. Leave us reviews on any site in which you can do so. Specifically, iTunes helps us out the most and lastly thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the three dollars here or higher if you give us any amount of money or any amount of your time you're absolutely amazing and in another hypothetical universe my lips would meet your lips in a sensual way this is of course a universe where covid doesn't exist you know nobody's worried about it no no like i don't know saliva born illnesses and we just like you know what i mean so there you go that's more than a kiss even better thank you so much to ethan a gamer for fun john it's just john bro we'll see zach durham chase hopkins philip renshaw the one bed emperor of australia josh nichols aka active josh once again hit me up let me know you want to change it or just change it on patreon that would probably be the easiest way to do so so i would literally have a like of something to read it from but just let me know Mm -hmm. uh and sam fillion from canada thank you all so much you're all so amazing and We will talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. 
After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 